We're reading from the book of Genesis. Anybody excited tonight? Come on, who's excited? Book of Genesis. Chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. There's a Bible behind me for those of you who don't have a Bible, but man, we love to bring our Bibles to church. Same way we love to bring notebooks to school. It just makes sense. So I'll read with you guys here. God spoke. When God speaks, you listen. Amen. Amen. Y'all, tonight's going to be way better if we're like going back and forth. Come on, amen. amen. Awesome. God spoke. What did he say? Let us make human beings in our image. I love the word us. Listen, we don't serve a God that is just one part. We serve a God that's three in one. It's God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And we've all met him. Um, humanity, human history has met the Trinity. God the Father speaks speaks to man all through the Old Testament. And then right in the middle of human history, you have before Christ and after death, we see Jesus. And then Jesus lives 33 years. He dies. And what does he say to his disciples and the people in the upper room? He says, listen, be, be patient because I'm sending my spirit. So in, within human history, we've seen that us, we've seen it. And now if you say yes to Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit is alive in you. And your Holy Spirit, I'm not even preaching on it, but man, the Holy Spirit is your earpiece. He is literally your GPS system. Stop, make a left, stop, make a right. Some of you guys are waiting on God to speak over a cloud and, and break the roof of your, of, of your bedroom and say, go this way. The Holy Spirit lives in you. If you said yes to Jesus, he wants to walk in you. He wants to talk to you. Some of you guys felt them earlier over worshiping, man. The Holy Spirit just, just speaking life into you and loving on you like crazy so let us three in one let us make human beings in our image make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for what for the fish in the sea for the birds in the air the cattle and yes earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of earth God created human beings he created them godlike creating reflecting Sorry, God's nature. He created them male and female. He blessed them. And this is what he said. He said, prosper, reproduce, reproduce. Fill earth with your reproduction and take charge. I love how right there, God's first words to man was to prosper and have babies. Come on, somebody. Prosper and have some babies and fill up the earth with your babies. Listen, sex is God's idea. Sex was God's idea. It was his plan. Men and women didn't walk up to each other and say, oh, that, that works. Let's, let's do that. No, God God created sex, and you need to understand that tonight because we're going to talk a little bit of, of, of the game plan, but God created sex. He created it, and I love those commandments. Come on, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. Man, I love this. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. I want you to tell your neighbor the title of tonight's talk. Ready? God is good. Come on, tell them. God is good. Come on, say it like you in church in South Carolina.
God is good. You can make a little bit of noise in the house right now. God is good. Sex is God's idea. It's his plan. He created the game, so we're supposed to do it the way he intended it to be. He created the game. Anybody love to play sports? Anybody love it? Where are my volleyball girls at? I love y'all. Love y'all so much. I was in a, I was in a, let me explain. Stop. Stop it. Don't do that. No, don't do that right there. Don't do that. I was in a male volleyball team with, with men, and we always lost to the girls. Like, never failed. We were taller, bigger, longer. We tried to spot. We always lost. I always have respect for women because they own volleyball. Amen? Girls that own volleyball. Anybody love basketball? Anybody love basketball? Basketball fans. And that's about the only two sports that I really care about. I'm sorry to everybody else. I remember, I'm so sorry, football, soccer, love you guys. Ping pong. Ping pong. I remember one time I'm in my basketball courts in my neighborhood, and um, there's a game, a famous game in basketball called 21. So the game, so, so this is the thing. Depending on where you live at, depends how you play the game. It's the funniest thing ever. So how I play, this is how I play. And some of you guys might be like, wait, that's wrong. No, 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 but remember, wherever you live is how you play it. Don't judge me. So um, how we play it, how my family play it, is this. So like, the first person to get to 21 wins the game. So every man's for himself, all right? Every man for himself. The first person to score 21 wins the game. But here's the catch. If you get to 21, you have to make a three. You have to. So if I'm the first to 21, I have to hit a three. Ladies, stay with me. Stay with me. Come on. All right. I, oh, there he goes. I'm on basketball again. So whoever hits the three after hitting 21 wins the game. That's, that's how I play. I remember playing with some dudes I never played before. And, um, and how they played was different than how I played. So, like, somebody got to 21. And I was like, all right, I, I rolled him the ball, you know, rolled it, I hit that three. And I'm looking at the basketball here, and I'm just waiting for that shot to come. And I look back, and the whole court is cleared. I'm like, hey, bro, you didn't finish. You got a three to make. And he said, nah, bro, I made it 21, I'm done. I'm like, no, 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 you got a three to make. Stop, no, stop him right there. Stop it. He's like, no, I won. How we play. He came back at the court. He's like, how we play? I'm like, all right, bro, I love you, man. I'm just, I'm just saying. Looking at my cousin, he's like, dog, y'all for real? Like, I'm just saying, you know? He said, not how we play. It's when you get to 21, you win. I'm like, no, but how we play? It's a little bit different. See, this is insane. And, and this is why I really want you to tune in. Listen, we played the same game, but because we were confused about the rules, it wasn't fun anymore played the same game. I remember in that game, like, there's no traveling involved. Like, you can travel, you know what I mean? So, like, I would dribble and take, like, 10 steps, you know, and I'll shoot, like, just being stupid. And they'd be like, travel, carry. I'm like, whoa, it's 21. There's no, there's no rules in 21. And we would go over and would argue, listen, the game was not fun because we were not clear on what the rules were. Listen to me, some of you have been dating, some of you have been having sex, some of you have been doing all the things that God created for you to do, but because it wasn't in the way he intended for it to be, it is not fun anymore. It's not fun. Now that person has a piece of you, and you're, you're not even with them no more. Because you played God's game, 
without the rules that he has for it. Sex is scarring for some of y'all. Being in a relationship is not fun anymore because you tried it your way and it wasn't God's way. First point tonight is this. No rules, no fun. No rules, no fun. I want you to jump. Come on, if you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. No rules, no fun. In a game where there is no rules, you will never have fun. That's why everyone hates the cheater. Why? Because they're breaking the rules. It's not fun anymore. Stop cheating. Man, I was a cheater when I grew up, especially in card games. I had a very good hand, and, I, and I'd slide cards, you know, under the table and hold on to the wild cards, you know what I mean? Slide them under. All my jacks and my eight. I, I was a cheater, man. People hate playing cards with me. Listen, if you're breaking the rules, it's really no fun. A relationship with rules, so let's flip the coin. A relationship with rules is a relationship that is set up to have the most fun. A relationship with rules is a relationship that is set up to have the most fun. My second point tonight is this. A boundary is your friend. A boundary in your relationship is your friend. It's a bunch of fun when you set boundaries. When there's no boundaries, when there's no rules, man, the game that God created for us to play, it's not fun anymore. And you see boundaries, man, it's hard to talk about boundaries when we all have different stages in intimacy, all right? So I'm going to just start from the bottom, all right? So when you see someone you like, right, the guy, the girl, maybe in here, I don't know. Um, when you see that person, the first type of communication Type of, you know, it's the, it's the wave, all right? Anybody still getting the wave from the crush? We're praying for you. Come on. It's the wave, right? So you see that person for the first time. It's like, hey, whoo, she looked at me. All right, I'm good for this week. Going home. That's stage one. That's the first step, right? You get the wave. Woo! And then, like, you get the wave and, like, the smile, right? Like, the, you know what I mean? like, Step number two is the high five. Come on, come on, y'all. The high five, yo, she gave me a high five. Dog. She, bah, you know, like, bah. it's nice and loud. And man, that's step two, the high five. Step three, the Christian side hug. That's the best. The side hug, come on. Like, you guys go hip to hip, all right? I wish I had a partner. And you kind of give, like, the hug, you know? So it's the wave, it's the high five, and then it's the side hug. And man, this next step, it, it, the full frontal, you know what I mean? The full frontal, come on, come on, the full frontal. The face-to-face -face hug, that's the next step. You know, you kind of hold a little too long. She's like, all right, bro, let go. <laughs> Friendship or no ship, all right? Back up. Back up, dog. You're breathing on my neck, little homie. <laughs> Back up. So it's the hug, the full frontal. And this is, this is when it gets crazy. So it's the full frontal, right? But there's something, something so distinct that I don't know who created this. So it's the, let's go from the bottom. So it's the, the wave, the high five, the side hug, the full frontal. And then this one's crazy. The full frontal, washy washy. You know what I'm talking about. You're like, my back is being rubbed. My back is being rubbed. What is going on? But I like it. Washy washy. I feel like I'm in a washing machine. So it's the full frontal, then it's the washy-washy. 
then this this is the scariest one because you don't know because like in hispanic culture this is just normal all right but but this is weird so so, so let's go back so so full front of washi washi then it's full front of washi washi lips to cheek whoa full front of washi washi lips to cheek girl back up we're going through stages y'all you remember those goosebumps when you hugged her for the first come on baby no i'm stopping full frontal washi washi kiss on the cheek and then after that comes the kissing so there's three steps in kissing all right there's three stages in kissing peaches prunes alpha alpha let me go through all three peaches prunes alpha alpha so so it's the full frontal washi washi side lip whatever thing and then there's the prunes i mean sorry the peaches ready this is the peaches ready ready just say everyone say peaches Peaches. It's a little peck on the lips. Peaches. All right? Peaches. Peaches. Then you have step two. The prunes. The prunes. Steps in. Now, we got to go through this. I'm sorry. This had to happen. Because we're talking about boundaries. So, so, so peaches. Prunes. And then it's the alpha, alpha. Peaches, the peaches, the boons, and the alpha alpha. And it stops right there. It stops right there. After alpha alpha, you need to get this with me. After alpha alpha, I call it the Star Trek space. It's a Star Trek space. Where no eye has seen or where no hand has been. Come on, somebody. The Star Trek after Alpha Alpha is the Star Trek area space where no eye has seen and no hand has been. That's the Star Trek stage. Now, here's the thing this is crazy. If you have crossed any of these steps, if you're still out the wave, I love you. Stay there. If you have passed any of the stages, it's so scary. Here's why, because if you leave that person, let's say, let's say I'm with someone and we get all the way to side hug. That, oh my God, so you guys like, oh, side hug. That spot becomes a checkpoint. What is a checkpoint? A checkpoint in a video game is this, if, if, 100% is the finish line, and you start at zero, a checkpoint kind of comes every 25%. If you get to 25%, the game automatically starts at 25%. You never start at zero. You always start at 25. The thing is with this whole stage as we just talked about, is that if you leave the person you're with at side hug, guess what? That will serve as a checkpoint for your next relationship. Human nature is, I went this far with this person, whoever's next, that's where we start. Wherever you are on this list, wherever you are on this, these stages, understand this tonight, that that will serve as your checkpoint of where to start your next relationship. That's so scary. Because remember the goosebumps when y'all started interlocking fingers, like somewhere in between the side hug, front, full frontal. There was like this interlocking fingers and the goosebumps are going, you know what I mean? And the butterflies are going. I'm like, man, we're holding hands. We're in a, our souls are, are combined with our hands locked in. 
that rush, those feelings, those butterflies will become a checkpoint for your next relationship. You'd always want to start right there. What is a checkpoint? Here's what a checkpoint is. I went this far with that person now, with this person, that is where I start. And listen, I'm not preaching this, but this is human nature. This is human nature. I start where I last was with my last person. And I want to preach right now. If you ever hear these words, if you love me, then you will blank. They're trying to catch you up to their checkpoint. If you ever hear these words, if you love me, then you will blank. Run as fast as you can. Because what he, what she is trying to do is get you to bump up a couple levels in their checkpoint. And you're not ready for that. No. No, I will not. I don't love you. That's the thing. I really don't love you enough to jump these checkpoints. Listen, to be honest, I hear this all the time. And, man, it's crazy. Guys give love to get sex and girls give sex to get love. What happens is we're always trying to meet the next checkpoint to fill something in our hearts, to fill something that's void. I'm preaching right now. Wherever you are, if you ever hear those words, if you love me, then you will blank. Run as fast as you can. Come on, we're talking about value. You are worth more than somebody else's checkpoint. You are worth more. You are more valuable than someone else's checkpoint. Listen, I've been in those lunch tables where everyone's talking about checkpoints. Y'all went this far, y'all went that far. We have to be the generation that says, listen, the line stops right here. Listen, the line stops right here. What's crazy is that this isn't talked about too much. This isn't talked about too much. Going against the culture, going against the grind, that's not fun. Everybody's talking about how far they went, and you're talking about how far away you're trying to get from there. That's not fun. Man, when was being holy fun? I'm sorry, it's fun. When, When was being holy easy? When was working to be the best person you can be easy? When? But listen, when there's boundaries, listen, a boundary is your friend. Come on, tell your neighbor, a boundary is your friend. You are worth more than a checkpoint. That's why boundaries are good for you, because you will not rush into different levels. That's why boundaries are essential. Listen to me, listen to me. That's why boundaries are essential for every relationship you're in, because you will not rush into another level to meet somebody else's checkpoint. So here's the big question. How far is too far? How far is too far? Before I answer that question, I want to really focus, and I'm not dodging the question. I want to focus on how jacked up that question is. How far is too far? That is a jacked up question. Let's take as far as you think, which is obviously sex. So what you're saying is, is how close to sex can I get without sinning? How far is too far? How close to sinning can I get to not sinning? Let's take the sex and let's move it out with murder. How close to murder can I get without murdering somebody? That's a jacked up question. How close to fighting can I get without actually fighting somebody? Like I just, whoo, it just stops right there. How close to cheating can I get without cheating? How close, how close can I get, God? How close can I get? It's a pretty jacked up question. When you take 
the sex out of the picture and you replace it with any other sin, you really feel, man, that's a jacked up question. How far to sinning can I go without it being sin? So I just wanted to touch that. Okay, how far is too far? Listen, God instructs the sex being between a man and a woman united for eternity through the covenant of marriage. It's his rules. It's his game. And it's his rules. How far is too far? Write this down. The Star Trek is not my area. How far is too far? Star, it stops the Star Trek. Man, what if the Alpha Alpha became the last step with the person? Remember, y'all, we're not dating for no reason. We're dating for what? We're dating to marry. So that's just off the bat. Like, last week, you got to hear last week to know what this week's all about. We're not jumping straight into relationships. No, you got to look for some three things in people. Let's jump straight to that. Three things you got to look in a person. Character, calling, and chemistry. So there's a process before you choose somebody. I don't know who to choose. But listen, when you do actually take those steps, there is actually fun in the out of bounds in your relationship. There's fun. Set boundaries. Value yourself. A boundary is your friend. Anybody feeling good right now? Anybody feeling good? Man, and uh, here's the thing. We have so many dudes, like, so many, like, I grew up in church, so so many guys in church, they would, like, get with girls. And again, they're not dating to marry. They're not looking for anything. It's just, hey, what's up? You like me? Let's do it. You know what I mean? And that's going on, and it's crazy. I can't tell you how many girls have fallen away from God because a godly man left them and broke up with them and hurt them and damaged them. I cannot tell you how many girls stopped coming to the house of God because in the house of God there was a man, I'm sorry, there was a boy who played with their feelings, who tried to go checkpoint to checkpoint. People that came into church and was like, man, I don't want this because I don't want him. I can't tell you how many girls stopped coming because I can't tell you how many guys have been hurt by girls. And they pull this all the time. God told me. Listen, stop saying God told you because if God told you and you hurt me, then I hate the God that told you. Never use those words, God told me to dump you. No, he didn't. God told me to leave you. No, he did not. And even if he did, then we shouldn't have been aimlessly just throwing arrows. We should have actually had a friendship before there was a ship because now that you're God, broke something that I loved. Man, God doesn't want me to love. Your God doesn't want me to have fun. I can't tell you how many relationships in church went bad because either party made wrong decisions and they just weren't ready because they had one seat, because they had calling but no character, because they had calling character but there was no chemistry, and there were strangers. can't tell you how many people are hurt. Listen, I love when we talked about last week, Samson. If Samson was in the room, come on, he would just say, yo, just wait. Back up and examine who you are choosing to be with. Take some time and hold some weight on these decisions that you're making. All because you didn't wait. All because you wasn't careful. All because you skipped friendship, went straight to relationship. All because you didn't date to marry. All because you weren't looking for the three C's. You was looking for one C, and I was like, who cared? Because all that. And now people are hurt by the church and they're not coming back. If you did what God intended to be good and because it wasn't according to his rules, it 
wasn't fun anymore. My next point is this. There is value in the waiting. Come on. I want you to write these notes down. There is value in the waiting. There is value in the waiting. I want to read from Song of Solomon. This is a love letter. If you ever want to know how to love, if you ever want to know what's, what's the Bible say about like romance and just awesome stuff, Song of Solomon is your book. And uh, man, it teaches you how to spit game the Christian way. Song of Solomon 8.4, it says this, Oh, let me warn you. When the Bible says, let me warn you, warning, all right? Brothers and sisters, do not excite love. Do not stir it up until the time is ripe and you are ready. Hold these words with weight on your heart. Do not excite love. Do not stir it up. Are you really ready? Man, those words are crazy to me. I grew up in high school. What? That makes no sense. When I grew up in high school, I grew up in my high school. F Hall in the back. Pray for me. I grew up, and when I grew up in high school, uh, man, there's a bunch of friends I had. You had the quiet friend. Anybody the quiet friend in here? I love you. The quiet friend. The six people, they're, they're so quiet. They're not even raising their hands. They're like, I'm quiet. The quiet friends. Then you had the loud friends. Any loud friends? You're the loud ones. Like you're the loudest laugher. You're the loudest laugher in the group. Everyone looks at you while you're all laughing. You're like, <laughs> and they're like, ah, <laughs> the loud. My third is my my favorite. I love you. Any instigating friends? Instigators, come on. Instigators. Instigators. Put your hands down. I had a friend. He was the biggest instigator ever. Come on, pay attention. He was the biggest instigator ever. Let me give you an example. Like two best friends are walking down the hallway, right? Wanna Yo, you stepped on my J's, bro. Oh, dang, my fault. They come up, I know you're gonna have safe some of your J's like that. And they're looking at each other like, bro, it's like, bro. You better handle that, boy. That's your light work. He goes to the other dude, bro, he just called you weak, bro. Come on, what's, what's he doing? And he's like, I ain't weak. He's like, I ain't dumb. And they're looking at each other, they start fighting. Man, my friend was an instigator. Like, he made best friends turn on each other, especially with girls. He would go to girls and make them just brawl out. Like, what is going on? Just with your words. Chaos is happening. It was I wasn't even, like, feeling bad or guilty. I was literally amazed on how he can get people who actually genuinely liked each other to fight on site like Tom and Jerry, like bam, like just get go, like hands are raised up and things are going. I love it. Something that wasn't there because of it being stirred up, it came to life. Something that wasn't even there because my homeboy stirred it up, it came to life. Listen, how many relationships have you stirred up and where have those relationships gotten you? How many times have you went out of your way to be with somebody? And where has that gotten you? I really want to know. How many times, because you weren't ready, you stirred up and you excited love that was not supposed to happen, that was not meant to be? And where have those relationships gotten you? Tell me where. Every time you stir something up, go out of your way. Maybe say it in basketball, don't reach. Come on, stay in your lane. Stop reaching. You reach, I teach. If you reach, the devil will teach you a lesson. 
How many relationships have we stirred up that have gotten us nowhere? Listen, take notes. If it is forced, it will divorce. If it is forced, if it is a forced relationship, listen to me. If it is forced, it will divorce. If you are striving, if you're stirring something that's not supposed to be there, because this and my friends did not want to fight each other. But because my other friend stirred it up, it came to life. There was never any beef because he stirred it up. Because he stirred it up. Back to Song of Solomon. Oh, let me warn you, don't excite love until the time is right. And you're ready. Man, I have a question for you. Write this in your notes. Am I ready? We talked about how to look for someone else. But man, this is how you look for something in yourself. Do I have character? Do I have a calling? Do I have chemistry? Come on. Not only are you looking for that in someone else, but look in the mirror and say, do I have character? Do I have a calling? And is there chemistry with me and people? It's huge. And you know what? I love it. The best way in our church, when easy application, the best way in our church is to make yourself ready. The best way that we can provide you with a way to be ready to prepare yourself is student leadership. That is the application of tonight's sermon. Hear me big. Student leadership is saying, listen, I'm not waiting for someone to come for me to be ready. Because listen, being a wife is not a position. It's a mindset. There are so many wives that are not married, but they're ready and they're prepared. And there's so many wives that got a ring on it, but they're not holding it down and they're not faithful. Listen, you can be ready without actually being in it. Hear me big. Student leadership is our way of saying, hear me, hear me. It's our way of saying, listen, this is my moment to get ready. I'm not waiting for something to approach me to be prepared. Listen, if you do not prepare before things happen, you will be prepared to fail. Student leadership is our way. I love this. Here's my definition. Student leadership is saying this. I need to stir up this relationship before any other. Student leadership, listen, hear me big. What we offer at our church is you literally saying, God, before I can have this relationship, man, I need this relationship to be just a little bit more serious. Because listen, your relationship, again, last week, will fall apart if God is not in the middle, if he is not the foundation. It's a nice spit, saw that? I need to stir up my relationship with God before I stir up any other relationship. Come on, write this down. I'm not supposed to stir. I'm supposed to serve. I'm not supposed to stir. I'm supposed to serve. I'm not supposed to stir it up with people. I don't even know. I'm supposed to get into a team, get into a group, start serving, start welcoming people, start praying every day, start reading my Bible. I'm supposed to be working on myself. I'm not supposed to be stirring up a relationship with people that don't even know who I am. I'm supposed to be stirring up a relationship with God. Come on, before I get your phone call, I got to call my God every day and tell him, listen, I love you. Before I love anyone else, I love you. Before I care for anybody else, I care for you. Before I invest in dates, I'm going to invest in your kingdom. God, before I spend all my time FaceTiming with a girl, I'm going to give you my FaceTime every single night. I need to get this relationship on point before I can have any relationship with anybody else. Don't stir it up. Serve it up. 
be ready. Listen, and if you're not ready, you're stirring up something. It's a bad pot of gravy. It's a bad pot of gravy. Maybe, maybe she's cute. Maybe he's handsome. Maybe I'm supposed to be with him. Listen, I'm not that ready, but maybe, maybe I'm supposed to be, maybe we're supposed to be together. Listen, forget about maybes. What I know is that I should always be right with God no matter who's next to me. I should always be right with God no matter who's in my life. should always be right with God. I'm going to have to worship him to come up. We're not going to end really loud tonight. We're going to end really memo because, man, I believe your prayer sometimes. You can get distracted with all the commotion. Just for tonight, we're going to have an intimate worship at the altar and prayer. But listen, maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe. Come on, all eyes up here. Maybe, just maybe, that God really loves you more than you think. Listen, last week's sermon was titled, Jesus Loves Me. Tonight's sermon title is, God is Good. And some of you guys are like, John, you're switching it up. Like, what's going on? Um, I'm not switching it up. Because here's the thing about relationships and dating is that you must be secure in the love that you have been given to give it correctly. Who am I talking to? You have to be secure in the love that God has given you to correctly give love. Let's take it a step deeper. You must be secure in the forgiveness that God has given you so that you can forgive others. Take it a step deeper. You must understand the grace that God has given you so that you can be able to show grace to somebody else. You must understand forgiveness, that God forgives you past, present, and future to correctly forgive somebody else. Listen, Jesus loves you, and God is good. Jesus loves you, and God is good. In that, in those two phrases, understand this. Come on, every, every, every eye up here, understand this. God will love you more than anyone would ever love you. God will love you more than anyone will ever love you. Because here's the thing. People, they have a limit. They have a limit. Cheat on me three times, it's over. Backstab me twice and I'm done. Talk bad about me this many times. For, not, don't forgive me this. God does not, his forgiveness does not run out on you tonight. His grace does not run out on you tonight. Hear me big. You can stab God in the back a thousand times. And a thousand times he will leave the door open for you. So that when you're done in your mess, dealing with all the stuff you did bad, he, he has the door open. Come so I can love you again. Come. Listen, God will love you more than any man, any boy would love you. God would love you more than any girl. Because listen, people will fail you. Bible says your mother and your father one day they will fail you but I will not fail you you must understand what you have been given to give it correctly come on can you put that verse up Matthew 614 says this in prayer there is connection between what God does and what you do you cannot get forgiveness from God without forgiving others if you refuse to do your part you cut yourself off from God's part. Man, I want to be the person that says, listen, I can love someone because God loves me. I can forgive someone because God has forgiven me. I can show grace to somebody because God has shown grace to me. Listen, if you have this mindset, your relationship changes. It really does change. I remember one time I messed up bad. 
I'm talking like I messed up in my relationship really, really bad. Really bad. And I remember looking to her eyes. Literally, it took some time because forgiveness is a process. The decision should not be a process. But listen, the effects of forgiveness, there is a process and there are phases. But I remember literally receiving the grace from her. And I literally felt the grace that God has given me. Because I'm like, man, you know something that I do not know. You understand something that I do not understand just yet. Listen, I know everything else. But when it comes to forgiveness, you forgave me for what I did. Man, you have something. You know of some type of forgiveness. Little did I know she knew the forgiveness that God has given. Listen, if God has forgiven you, you can forgive somebody else. And I want to be in a relationship with someone who knows this, with someone who understands this, someone who has been given grace. Listen, you've given grace, you can give it back. You've been given forgiveness. You've been forgiven. You can give that out to people. You have been given something that you don't deserve. You can do the same for somebody else. I love this. Your love for God should always help you to see the best in people. Everybody on their feet. Come on. Your love for God should always help you see the best in people. Listen, if you are bitter, if you are offended, if you are a cold-hearted person, and you're trying to stir things up in a relationship, man, two words for you. Good luck. If you're cold-hearted, if you've been going through some things, if you're struggling with something, and, you're, and you, you know you're not ready, and you're trying to stir something up, two words for you. Good luck. I, I really want to see how far you go, but man, a person, a secure believer who knows that God loves him and her in their worst moment, man, that is someone I want to be with. Because if you understand grace, you can give grace. And if you understand forgiveness, you can give forgiveness. Every head bow, every eye closed in this room, nobody looking around. It is just you and God tonight. I'm just going to quickly go over everything we just spoke about. Every head bow, every eye closed. Listen, boundaries are for my good. Boundaries is actually a setup for in my relationship to have the most fun. There is value in waiting. Come on, there is a value in waiting. Come on, you are worth more than what she or he is trying to give you. You are worth more than what those people said about you. I don't know what it is, but you are worth more than somebody else's checkpoint. Come on, I'm not supposed to stir it up. I'm supposed to serve it up. I'm not called to stir something up. I'm called to serve. Am I ready? Am I ready for what's to come? Man, because I have been given, I can give. Because I have been given, I can give. Every head bow, every eye closed. Come on, God is working in you right now. All over this room. We have some friends in here tonight that have not said yes to Jesus. Come on, I know you're in here. There are some people in here tonight, our friends, our guests, we love you. But you're in here tonight and you're saying, John, all that sounds good, but I don't know about this grace you're talking about. I don't know about this forgiveness that surpasses all understanding. I'm not too fond in that category. Listen to me right now. The moment of salvation is right now. God wants to move in you. God wants to live inside your heart. The Bible says to open it up and seek me and you will find me. Knock and the door will be open. Listen, there is grace for you.
Come on, every hand lifted high. What is grace? That's a fancy church word, grace. Grace is love, blessing, prosperity, a future, everything good given to somebody who does not deserve it. You have been given grace in this place tonight. I feel God all over this room. He's looking at you and he's saying, listen, I know you see the worst in you, but I see the best in you. I know you see one dollar, but I see an infinite amount of dollars. Listen, you are worth more than what you see. All over this room, every head bowed, every eye closed. There are our friends in here that have not said yes to Jesus. If you would like to make that decision, on the count of three, simply just shoot your hand up. The Bible says, listen, to be saved, all you need to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that I am Lord and I am Savior. If you're in this room tonight, you want to make a decision, follow Jesus and say, God, I want to make you Lord of my life. If that's you, nobody's judging you, nobody's looking around. It's just you and God. If you want to say yes to Jesus, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, it's just you and Jesus. Two, listen, no one's judging you. Nobody's looking around. Listen, the moment of salvation is right now. Come on, do not let it pass you. One, two, three. If that's you, shoot your hand up right over this place. If you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, shoot your hand up. Hands are going up everywhere. Come on. One, two, three, four, five, six. You can put your hand down. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you. Come on, grab that hand. All over this place, grab the hand. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pray together. Eyes up here. Listen, if you made that decision, what we're doing right now is symbolic. Come on, squeeze the hand next to you. Christianity done by yourself is not Christianity at all. Let it hit you. Feel those hands next to you. Listen, you were not created to do this alone. You were not created to follow God alone. Listen, you have a brother to your right. You have a sister to your left. And we are here for you. We're going to walk through this with you. We're going to figure it out. You got some sin. We're going to deal with that. Come on. I want you to pray this prayer for all the seven, eight people that raised their hands. Every head by me, I close. Come on, let's make this prayer. And then we're just going to worship right in our seats tonight. All over this place, let's say this prayer. Come on, everybody repeat after me. Say, Jesus this place come on with a loud voice say Jesus you are the Lord of my life God tonight I recognize that I am a sinner and I need a Savior God would you let me in forgive me of all my wrong and give me all of your good God I cannot do this alone I pray your spirit may enter my heart. And may it empower me for the rest of my life. And everyone says, amen and amen. You can make a loud hand clap to God tonight. Come on, you can make a little bit of noise for all the salvation in the room tonight.